Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of Check Your Six, the podcast covering the Collegiate Rainbow Six League, as well as mostly Pro League in North America, with some hints of EU, LTAM, and SEA. So, here we go. It's me, Warlocker Call, the host, and my co-host, SyntaxGG. How's it going? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Did you happen to catch the first match of relegation before your evening kind of turned upside down. Yes, I did. So the first match. Yeah, I was right. Um, now, this was, everybody kind of expected the Sonic. This, this was a weird match, right? So this everybody ex expected the Sonics to get relegated. But when they saw who was playing them, Obey Alliance, everyone's like, okay, you know, they've got one is Abunai. Abunai.Obey. Um, so Abunai... <coughs> sorry he's got challenger league experience um but it wasn't very good challenger league experience you know the last time he was in challenger league um he was actually at the his team was you know the the very bottom of the pit challenger league and they kind of dropped out so everyone's kind of like uh i don't know how this is gonna go because both teams are actually kind of bad so um it was it was kind of it was kind of a toss-up but it actually turns out obey kind of put the hurt on sonics um they won i believe they won map one um and they so i don't think sonics won a map did they no they didn't they got two yeah let me bring up the page so quick. the first the first pick was um and obey actually console super I mean, actually was like super actually tweeted out that like oh like this is our map like you know we've got some we've got some strats for this map and all this jazz and then they get to the map and then they get seven two'd so i don't know what happened uh, seven one. to that or seven one was it seven it was seven two on coastline seven eight, no 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 it was it was eight seven on coastline i'm sorry eight seven coastline and then seven one on consulate they got absolutely stomped um on their own map pick which kind of sucks yeah but and, it, i mean it happened like the first pick on coastline coastline is obey's map and like it was a struggle back and forth like if one of the round play like no one won more than two rounds back to back the entire time there wasn't like this sweep and then epic comeback kind of thing it was just back and forth every side and every round it was ridiculous and it was so close and so many of those rounds could have gone either way and it wasn't I mean, Obey gave themselves the advantage in the OT rounds just by winning the first one, but the fact that Sonics didn't break that entire time and they won and they won and they just kept battling back, that was really impressive. And I was hoping that that was more of that pro league stamina showing. And I was thinking that in that second map, we were going to see see more of that stamina, more of that consideration of like how you need to concentrate and just double down on what, how you're playing, but everything just seemed to go wrong for them. I mean, this is utter devastation when you're looking at 7 um, on your was, opponent's map. Uh, I'm not going to lie when I say I'm not surprised that I, that was that was quite the match. Um I think the real upset was the was that map. It wasn't the whole match itself where the Sonics had worked really hard on that map and swept it. Up. And you know, it was kind of my thought is that like Coastline was considered Obey's map and it's like that's how it made it through pick and ban. It's not a super popular map and it's pretty like it's a 50-50 map from what I've gathered and how I've experienced that map. It's not like attacker heavy or defender heavy. It's just, it just is. 
and for mm-hmm. obey to struggle with that or kind of, i guess kind of live up to the map's identity like that was still kind of shaky it is like this is your map and if you lose it like then that's just putting your opponent on such stronger ground and winning it doesn't really get you much because you're still going to your opponent's map like it's it's still a difficult position to be in but for them to duke it out pull out the win and somehow manage to break sonic's morale because that's the only thing i can attribute a 7-1 loss to is like you just tilted after that first map yeah um especially in relegations there's a lot on the line in relegations and i that pro already sweating the match before it even started um on the other in hungry uh they come in motivated they can you know they've essentially got nothing that's that they stay in challenger league uh, but if they win they take that pro league spot the only thing that changes is if they win um and with the the pro you know the pro league team being relegated a lot with that match um like they have to win and it's a lot of pressure and then losing map one which is uh, icing it, it run cafe it, it... you think this was a case of the sonics coming in playing not to lose as opposed to playing to win that's a good question um actually i think this was a lack of preparation uh i think they were one I, I think of preparation. Um, a lot of a lot of obviously they take it seriously because they're on the line, but they tend to underestimate because with this se- this Challenger League season, a lot of people um, were under the impression that the NACL scene was absolute trash. That is the that's just the word on the street. Um, that's just you know word of mouth. You know like even garbage. You know all that jazz. And so I think this probably took that too little too little bit to give them the the recognition that they probably deserve, and they they got beat. Same I think, but also with that rogue match, uh, two faced is they're they're nasty. Uh, they've <laughs> I that's that's one word that I would give. Are they h- hardcore fraggers? Like do they frag out regularly, or is it just that they uh, yeah. pull out some weird meta stuff, or not meta? Um, one, two face. They're really good, off the bat. But also, two faced. They were probably the most in the entire Rainbow, North American Rainbow Pro League and Challenger League because even even Space Station tweeted this out. They were like, every time we wanted to do, every time we wanted to scrim five plus maps, two face was always down. I saw that Lycan tweeted that out, and that when you yes. get Lycan to be like recognizing you for your effort, damn, you know you're doing something right. Yes, um, Two Face, they were constantly scrimming multiple maps back to back all the time, and I don't, I'm not too sure how often they have, but um, as far as I know, the Two Face was, they were, they wanted it, they wanted it bad, and it should. I want to back up to the obey sonics match real quick and it's just making that one point how you go into your opponent's map and then you can just come in and lose a single round just be like okay we turned it around and it's just round after round after round what is that like i mean i haven't done much ranked play or any really coordinated play 
But from your perspective, having been on a team, a very good team, what is that like when you have that round, the round after round, just sinking feeling coming in at you? Um, that's exactly. Um, it, it hurts you mentally. It, it it makes you frustrated, anxious. Your judgment uh, highly impaired that. And to make really dumb in a lot of my like when I give people advice when how is comp you know like what what is some advice you'd give our team and I tell these people. The, the number one key factor to always, no matter what situation you're in, you have to keep that positive mental attitude because the moves that, you lose the game. Plain and simple. The moment that everybody starts fighting each other on the team is the moment you lose. I don't care if you're, I don't care if you're mid-match. If you're mid-match and you start fighting each other, you've, lo you've lost. If you guys don't cut it out and that more... I think when we look at the numbers on that match... You can just see where the standouts are. I mean, Siege.gg does a great job at highlighting the numbers that mattered the most. But when you look at Callout, who was just the series MVP hands down each time, his numbers are just absurd when you compare it to anyone. And it was uh, Callout. Callout. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I forgot his name is actually Callout. <laughs> uh, but I mean, even then. Everyone kind of pulled their weight. You look at uh, Fozo or Fazo, I don't even know how you pronounce it, getting the one plant and then being negative four. Like negative four, no big, no big deal in the grand scheme of things. He's the only player on Alliance that went under. And but when you look at Sonics, four of them, three of them went under. Neptune's only broke even, and Neptune's was that hired gun, like he was calling out and coming out with big rounds, but like he just wasn't consistently there. I think a lot of their strategies got just pulled apart slowly yet surely, and they just never were able to recover. They never had, seemed to have an answer back. And of course, these stats are both of the maps together, so you can't really tell how one performed on coastline Each versus map. cafe so yeah. it's a little difficult but like overall when you look at 23 rounds played 17 deaths and 17 kills like okay you you at least fragged but then got refragged or you baited someone else to fragging uh, to being out of position and then you were able to get some advantage on the round but like it's almost kind of like you were just there you didn't drag your team down, but you didn't elevate your team either. When you look at the three other players who literally just took their team down, that's a rough place to be. Is there was no way Slevin was going to come back and carry everyone. Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, no, bring your team back. I mean, yeah, you can drop a lot of, and, and you know, unless the team picks it up, you know, and something clicks. With and again, kind of like a situation I mentioned last week, when we look at the one versus x stat we don't know how many opportunities they were there were to win that and so when you look at goddess whose numbers were not great but then she had the one one versus x as well as two plants like she was playing a role and it wasn't the frag role it was probably support but like she was able to find success in the, the objective or in those last moments of a round so Maybe the, the minus 8 going 9 and 17 isn't as reflective of her value, but then 
we still have the representative cost value of less than 0.5. And so you have two members on their team who are under 0.5. And I can't imagine you have numbers that low of regular return on round that you're going to have much success. And I don't know if that's just an off night for them. I mean, clearly they rose through Challenger, won their way in, and then had hot spots of success and looking better during the Pro League. But this is, I think this is just ultimately the summary of Sonics. They weren't able to really grow in the, like they were able to grow in their time in Pro League, but I think the rest of Pro League and the rest of Challenger League just grew. Yeah. Um, honestly, if I were to put, if I were to put like an entire season, they didn't have it. They didn't have a coach. Now yeah, that would do it. You know, we, we talked, I talked about this in the past throughout the whole season. Super thought he, uh, at the same time. Um, but I don't think he thought, you know, his, I, you know, his, I yelling. And then towards the end, when they knew that they were going to about to face relegate out, Hey, you know, we're looking for a coach. It's like, okay, dude, like it's too late now you know yeah like, that's I, too late to give up the ghost it's it's it, it's too late you know you've you've played yourself um you know i would i would start looking for a coach for next season so you guys can get back into pro league um because the way it, it's the way it, at all and now you know it i mean that reminds me of the u.s nationals match last week when the team decided not to prepare at all, not to come in with strats, they know the game, I forget which team it was exactly, but one of the teams came in without a plan against Dark Zero, and that's not going to work. Go, waiting until you are destined for re relegation to get a coach to change things up, to admit that you're not enough as an in-game leader and a coach to handle both of those roles, and wait until the last minute when all the consequences are staring you in the face. Man, mm -hmm. I, I hope that's I hope that's a an experience to learn from. I hope that it's recognized as just one of those things that you can't do. You can't. Um and honestly, uh I think the Sonics should have noticed this trend and hired you know been like okay like we're gonna get a coach guys because obviously but thing is i'm not trying to you know back because dad or his uncle owns the sonic thing dropped <laughs> it's because his his dad or uncle owns owns the the organization <laughs> so um like it's like dude like i understand your nephew this is your big care about your i don't know i don't know i'm not that smart to or you like <laughs> really like you, you you like favor your family or something yeah. like that. I forget what it is, but I mean um, it's got to stay in the family, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know, but uh, man, that that's definitely mess to have to navigate through and deal with. But it's like you said, and now anyone who's looking at that brand has to go. Are they really willing to do what it takes to win, or is it just fun and games for them? Is this really is this the, the reputation that Sonics wants to go in to? Is that they're not willing to make the call because it betrays family? Like, I get it. Family's important to a lot of people, and it's a very emotional thing, and it's very complicated. But business is business, and if you're not going to run it like a business needs to be run and find success and continuity, 
then stop trying support support yeah. your family member and let them grow as they need to but you can't in this case i don't think you can have both yeah and like why would they drop him um they're like he's not a bad player it's like well it's not about the fact that he's a bad player um i mean he's not the the best player but he's not a bad player dropped from the team is because of how many bad decisions he's made he has you know as him being a self yeah, I don't think he's been doing his job as a coach. Um, he hasn't uh, sucked up his pride and been like, okay, we need a coach. You know, that decision, uh, saying we don't need one. Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, it's it would be the amount of bad uh, he's made. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And when you look at just having a catastrophic season that puts you into relegation so handedly with no hope of escaping it, and then to go in and lose as you did there needs to be some serious conversations about who the igl is and who the coaches and whether or not they're going to pursue the same format i could imagine people i could imagine this roster being utterly destroyed and rebuilt i don't know who you would build it around but it's it's clear that maybe someone wasn't in it as much as they needed to be and there might have even been more than one like if super's not willing to kind of put put his reputation and his roles aside and into perspective it's going to be really hard for anyone else to kind of follow that example and just admit that this isn't what they want to be doing anymore halfway through the season and then Um, finding an appropriate replacement while there's time mm -hmm. to course correct exactly also i just drop they're two best players now now i'm good players um but the fact that you, why would you switch out people who already know you're gonna um, yeah on top of their two best players already that would have been uh, that would have been an excellent change uh yeah because and, of I mean, reasons you already know we can look at we can look at this two ways we can give the benefit of the doubt and just say that the two players who were dropped were having an overall negative impact on the team or there was actual mutual conversations about splitting and hope that things were handled rationally and with meaning behind it. But the paint, the picture being painted of super being in a couple roles that he may not be able to handle both at the same time and questionable results through and through it starts degrading that reputation. Like I was talking about just a minute ago, it's like you're starting to degrade what it means to be part of the sonics and where those decisions are going to come from is it because they're actually evaluating the performance is it because they were toxic is it because you were toxic and they wanted to be somewhere else like that's really difficult to break down unless we were in the room but seeing the history of changes and talking about it 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 doesn't paint exactly a really optimistic view of their future yeah you know the first mess up you can kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. But when you start seeing a pattern, um, it starts to tell hold me at this point, he's lost all this credibility. And will they make it into pro league back into pro league next season? I don't know. Unless they make some serious changes. Let's say they stay the same. They're not making it back into pro league next season. No, I don't think they would. Not at all. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see how that roster breaks down, reforms, and what their goals really are. 
and how they're going to accomplish that. Like if we can see a coach come into the scene, if we can see maybe an analyst being added to the roster and helping them prep with data and prep on things that might have just been that they might have been able to compensate for within the execution of <coughs> plans as opposed to just being straight fraggers and just being super solid at the game, being more super solid at being a team. Yeah. All right, let's jump over to Rogue versus Two-Faced. I mean, this was definitely a, a stronger set, but it's it's weird how it ended up being a bit of a mirror. Rogue winning match one, seven to two, handedly, like no concerns there. But then for it to be so close on consulate for Two-Faced and for them to pull that out and then just basically do what... Um, obey alliance did to sonics on coastline like seven two for the final match it's it's bizarre to see the pro league team not having the same kind of fortitude as the challenger league team but as you said two-faced was willing to go the distance with a lot of top tier teams just in screen um yeah this match was by far the the biggest upset match the reason since year one's rogue has never lost their pro league spot that slot has always has always been taken by rogue yeah S since since the beginning of rainbow six pro league rogue has been there uh rogue has never not been in pro league so this rogue being relegated was insanely huge um and I just a lot of people are just they just don't know what to do <laughs> like like what like I don't I don't know like what they were doing when they went into this match like maybe Two-Face was just legitimately better and they deserved to win or maybe Rogue went in thinking that they weren't going to lose their power league spot and they didn't take them as seriously as they should have I mean yes they took the match seriously this is a relegation match but like I said earlier, they tend to underestimate. Um, so I had there may have been a a degree of underestimate. I don't know. Maybe it was a little bit above. Maybe Two Face was, you know, just better. What's, I mean, what I think it comes down to, in this case, is that Two Face had the stamina. They had the conditioning to go that long because having gone up against, um all of their scrim partners and for as long as they had and just like really obviously taking advantage of every one of those matches when you look at the map vetoes and picks when it comes down to coastline being the decider both teams were confident on that map both teams were okay going to coastline but for two-face to pull out a 7-2 that is just incredible considering both teams are kind of mutually saying this map is okay because when rogue bans out villa and cafe and they chose to go to bank and bank is the one map that they won seven to two but then two faces map consulate is seven to five much closer you would expect to see that coastline is more of that this like okay we we know what we need to do but here it is being the ultimate decider, and there was just no, there was just nothing. 
nothing there to show for it. Like the effort just seemed to flag really early on for Two Face to win on assault back to back to back the last three rounds of the game. Yeah, I I don't know if there was a morale break in round seven with how Two Faced won the kitchen service round, but for it to come off of a Two Faced win, or I'm sorry, I'm looking at this wrong. Um, to for Two Faced to hold a defense into round six and then switch to attack and then just stomp all over three rounds back to back when I don't think that there was another three round execution except for in rogues map like for them to pull that off on coastline just they clearly trained on that map probably more in preparation than rogue did yeah um i don't know like i know but all are they are just really really well together. It looks like they were all one player um with how well how like and you know crazy he used to be in pro league um and i forgot what time. he is a pro league veteran finally made his way back into part of this team called left oh yeah uh no, dropouts essentially and they kind of got to they got they got poached by other teams like Jar you know jarvis was on leftovers and jarvis got poached by tsm and then you know other they kind of disband and then crazy they they actually just made they they just made challenger league um and then also, they barely, barely scraped uh, in the challenge. Um, wasn't it round differential? Yeah, by <laughs> by like a couple rounds. When I say barely scraped by, I mean like by the same. Then they come in and just absolutely stomp Rogue. But like, <laughs> um, I don't know if that is a sign that Pro really bad this year. Or our Challenger League is just really good. But people are saying that Challenger League has been really bad this year. So I don't understand any of it. I am so conf I'm actually going to say it's both. I think that a lot of Challenger League was not the greatest. But those, the good teams. Um, the thing is with Challenger... So Challenger League, it works a lot differently. They play a lot more... Uh, tactically, Challenger League, the the meta in Challenger League is to play hyper-aggressive. And honestly, I see Two-Face coming in as another 92. Um, it's how it works every time. These Challenger League these Challenger League teams that are just hyper-aggressive, they make it to the top of just stomp the relegations because they have no information on these Challenger League teams. And these Challenger League... And the Pro League guys are used to playing other teams that play smart and and, and tactfully, or and tact tactically. Um, well, but you would have thought Sonics would have been prepared for that then. You would think so, but I don't. I don't think <laughs> Sonics because Two Faced, you know, came in and was just they were just hyper aggressive against Rogue. Like what? Like we're not. What is going on? Like we're used to playing people that are like smart and not just you know. Uh, all aim, all aim, no brain. You know, uh, is is what how the these hyper aggressive, all aim, no brain people come in and they just stomp these pro league play, playing a game of chess against a bulldozer. Um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, that's what it is. Like, it, 
and then <laughs> as you, as you think about Sonics having come in and gotten used to that meta, then it makes more sense for them to be relegated by a hyper aggressive team that they haven't played against in a long time. Yeah. Um. And honestly, Two Face is going to come in. They're going to win a couple pro league matches, and everyone's going to be cheering for them. Um. And then after those wins, they're going to start losing. That's gonna. That's how it's gonna go. I'm calling it right now. What do you think their record is? Given a ten week season, what do you think they do? I'm gonna say, out of it, what they play one match a week, right? Yeah. I'm gonna say they go four and six. And is that and they win? I'm gonna say they win two or three handedly right off the bat, and then once those teams start talking, everyone's gonna know how to play them. Maybe they'll get one or two lucky wins towards the end. When they start to pick up on things, but that's I, I just from their sheer preparation and the amount of respect that they've gotten for their win, I think I'll give them a little bit, a little bit more. But I, I could see the four and six happening. Like if, if this is history just repeating itself, I could absolutely see that happening. But what I will say is, if they can maintain this level of preparation and dedication and hunger. That when they see themselves going on that two, three game slide, that they'll course correct. That they'll actually make the adjustments because they've already proven that they're willing to commit to commit to this challenger league all the way through, preparing against the pro league, preparing against rogue. It's a team with such legacy to it, like you can't ignore that. And here they are, they were just hungry for that. I can't imagine that that hunger stops with rogue the bottom team one of the bottom teams of pro league so i'm going to say that their fourth win is enough to keep them out of relegation i would hope so and adjust fire really quickly their their, their team and i don't know if you know do you know who their team analyst is i don't know team analyst this is this guy named dna uh this guy is actually uh nix's father who is the pro league player for dark zero you mentioned this uh, you mentioned this like, probably a couple weeks ago yeah, so I would hope, <laughs> I would I would really hope that with their analyst being who he is, uh, that they have some like actual insight into uh, pro league strats. So <laughs> if they don't adjust fire, then some, something's something's going wrong, and I would probably point my finger at him. Now I've I've had inter- interactions with him. He's a super nice guy. He's a, he's a really great guy. Um, I I met him in Raleigh and all that stuff, and uh, I, I I I'm I'm gonna say he's smart enough to tell the team on how to adjust fire. Let Let's hope for the yeah. That definitely gives them a leg up that I could see that was missing from teams like Sonic, who were contemplating getting a, a coach, but thinking that they could carry all of the weight themselves. I mean, that's a learning opportunity, but for them, a very costly one. And here, Two-Faced is coming in and making the most of things. So uh, I, I love, I, I actually really love relegation as much as it, it's, as, as a system has been criticized from one game to another. I really enjoy relegation because it, it highlights the cost and the consequence. And you don't get a lot of that until more of these franchise leagues pop up. But for me... When I saw Rogue's Twitter account when they said GG's to uh, Two-Faced, 
they were also just like, well, we will see you in U.S. Nationals. We will see you at this event. We will see you in these events. They were already making plans forward. They weren't done with Rainbow Six. It's not just like, okay, drop the roster and we're just quitting. They've had success, like you said, since season one in a, in a different roster and different settings and all that kind of stuff. But despite that, they have plans. They're not going anywhere, and that gives me a lot of optimism for seeing Rogue come back through relegation and come back into the Pro League. Yeah, um, Rogue will probably come back into Pro League, but... I'm calling it now. It's not going to be. Oh no! That's not, and that's not because that rogue is going to drop these. Other teams are going to take these players because everybody knows that everyone, all these players on rogue are all really good players. They're all star players. Um, I can guarantee you right now that teams are already looking at trying to grab these, oh, especially yeah. like especially slash uh vertical, uh, some of the others like. Those guys are going to get snatched up really quickly. I'm yeah. calling it right now. And I mean, you got to think for teams like Space Station Gaming, who weren't relegated but also didn't make it to the major, you got to think that they're in the middle of how do we fix our stuff? What needs to be fixed? And when you have resources on the table, like like a roster from Rogue and a roster from Sonics, thinking like maybe some one of these people have the answer for what you're looking for. Or maybe you see a resource coming from Challenger League where it's like, okay, they may not be great right now, but we're willing to do the work to get them to be great. And maybe next season's not their their winning season, but you go in there with that picture of what you want, you're going to see that success pay off in time as long as you stick to the plan. And you're going to hear it from a prophecy. TSM is going to pick up Slash Hug. Calling it now. In the next, in the next, in the next few weeks, maybe the next month or so, you're gonna see either Slash Hug or Vertical announce it. What makes you think that? Well, TSM still needs a fifth. Well, TSM yeah. still doesn't have a fifth. <laughs> <laughs> the Not much of a prophecy. <laughs> T- uh, TSM, they're still playing with their coach, and a lot of people are forgetting that. Uh, Gotcha needs to go back to the coaching role, and I TSM about to sign one of them. I don't know. I'm one of those two. I guarantee it. Probably gonna be vertical. Probably who it's gonna be. I could see vertical being picked up. Slasha. I enjoyed his highlight matches, like his highlight rounds when he stood out. He stood out really loudly. Like it was just like, <laughs> damn, he is an impressive player to watch, but. He seems to teeter back and forth. It's it seems to be getting to that consistency, and maybe it's his opponents being able to really find an angle that works more against him. But every time I watched him, it was just kind of like he was hot or off. And I really think that that consistency is just that that part that is going to be worked on most. And I kind of like how I was mentioning a team picking up a resource from. Um, Sonics being like, this person's not great right now, but we can build them to be great. I think finding a right roster with the right staff behind it, you could get Slash Hug, the conditioning and the coaching to get to be consistent and to stand out like Vertical does. Because Vertical is just another name that's top of the list week after week. Yeah. Um, If TSM picks another fragger like Vertical, TSM is going to be a dangerous 
I mean, they were a dangerous team this year, and they barely got edged out of going to the major. And so, like, you, you just find that weak link, you fix it up, and suddenly you're looking at, like, a major contention team. You're looking at someone who's going to stand out among the top of NA and challenge some of the EU counterparts. Um, any last thoughts on the relegation matches? I mean, I was excited to see that all four of the matches between NA and EU all went the way of the challenger, which that, that just gets me excited to think of how good the gameplay is going to be next season. But I know, I think you said five out of six of the total relegation matches ended up being in favor of the challenger, which is just an impressive feat. I've not heard of that many teams changing across multiple esports in a There's single relegation. There's going to be so much new blood. Honestly, it'll be... That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for some new meta shifts. I mean, it was commentary on the stream last night of how players on Rogue helped define certain metas and helped define a bit of how North American R6 is played. So seeing that new blood come in and seeing what that does for international performance and even just show matches and scrimmages, like hearing how those things go... That's going to be an exciting time for change. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think with that, we can probably jump over to Collegiate R6. We got into Phase 2, so we know the first 32 teams who are in that bracketing, and these are primarily all the teams that went 4-0, but the top of the top who went 3-1. So these were people who had the toughest schedules in their Phase 1, who ended up winning uh, three matches and only losing one. And for instance, I think we talked about it last stream, is that the team that went 3-1 and one, at the top of 3-1 and one, actually had a rating of opponents' win percentage being higher than the first-place team Grand Canyon University's uh, stack did. So that's just an interesting breakdown of how the teams bracketed out and who was going to be making it in. And so what we also learned last stream was that University of Houston and Texas A&M, they were going to be slotted in uh, at 0-0, zero and zero, which means they were actually able to be given uh, the 15th, 16th uh, seed, which is how they ended up fighting. Uh, Texas yep. A&M, runners-up from last season, they ended up playing Grand Canyon University, and you watched that match. How did that match go? Um, it it went how I about how I expected. Our team has, you know, we beat them. We beat them last. I think not like just barely, but it wasn't an easy match. Uh, we I think it was like a like a seven five seven five match or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but um, but since then we have. Or you know the AM team has grown you know tenfold times better than I was kind of expecting, or I was, I I, I was expecting an A and M win. I wasn't really expecting how bad of a win it was going to be. So, uh, it went seven one. Um, I forgot the first map. Um, but the second map was Clubhouse. It was seven two on Clubhouse. So it went seven one, and it just I I don't think they formed as well as they should have, or 
they just didn't practice enough or or what i, I think they should have done at least a little bit better than what than how they yeah and i mean this is this is also kind of where we're at with the history of these rosters like okay cafe seven two club seven two thanks cool cool bugle uh mm -hmm. but seeing that we, i mean grand canyon was still they made it to national playoffs last season they did really well i think they were top 12 maybe top eight um but for them there was still a huge separation between when you break down the numbers and i mean we had university of central florida lose out to a team that was i think they're complete opposite in terms of win rate and ratings in national playoffs so i mean numbers only go so far um but for grand canyon university to lose like that i think that just shows really the spread of where things are at and i mean you left the texas a&m roster so we know at at most only four of the five roster from texas a&m was still there um it's but we don't know how three, actually oh only three okay but so, then well, we don't know how much season. grand canyon changed yeah 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 that is also true yeah last year myself um jenro uh chief nyrock and a guy named like hal 9000 i so a pretty like top 500 but uh he actually um after this kind of went his own way i don't even know if he's still around or not at the school we haven't heard from him in a long time uh so and then i and then i stepped away to a guy named silva his real name is bert but silva or uh his name is kind of a, a it's kind of a a, a joke but it's american dot both are both by which are either of them actually better than you um yeah i would say i'll i'll say i'll i'm i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna be prideful here yeah they're the probably <laughs> I mean, I was hoping for a little banter. I mean, Coolbule's in chat right now, so I was hoping to maybe throw a little, little his way. But uh, you know, <laughs> humble and uh, honorable to the last minute, even in front of uh, having an opportunity with a mic in your face. Like, <laughs> way to go! <laughs> but let's look down at some of the matchups that happened. That's not the right set. I'm good at this game. I. I'm, I swear I was prepared. That was not the right listing, but here we go. So Texas A&M, 2-0 versus Grand Canyon University. University of Houston, last season's winners. They count FIU. Uh, there's another matchup that I wanted to call out. The CSULB Division One team, D1 team, versus Texas A&M's B team, Bravo team. Uh I, I was hoping that this would give us a little bit of perspective on where the strength, the strengths of the rosters were, and where how deep Texas A&M went. So this was an interesting measurement because CSULB was, again, I think they were top eight last season, but they were the runners up to the previous season, the season prior, and so to see them consistently having that strong presence, and they went four and zero during phase one, and to see them hold a strong roster time after time after time, you know whoever is sustaining that right now, they may not, they probably still have like two more years in them uh, just to keep CSULB there kind of at the top. 
San Jose, they keep impressing me every time they come up. Like they just they seem to win a lot. So I'm hoping to see some of their matches broadcast and follow along with them. Uh, other familiar names, Simon Fraser, they're there. They unfortunately took a loss to UW Whitewater, who's a new addition to the season. Uh, Maryville, they didn't have a great showing last season, but here they are in the Premier League. So top 32 out of 212 teams apparently registered. Um, so Maryville showed up to Premier League, but then here they are being taken out by New Jersey Institute of Technology, mm-hmm. um, which I can't remember where they were last season, but I know that they were another team from last season. So um, we have some interesting matchups here. Um, Boston University is new as well. I couldn't track down any of their history. So for Longhorn Gaming, which, I mean, UT has always been a contender in whatever game you look at. So to see Boston coming out and showing up top 32 again and being able to take down a team like this, like it's, one, a, it's a little bit of a statement. That one was a little bit disappointing for me because uh, UT, obviously, you know, towards the beginning of the season, they said that they could beat us, you know, and we played them and we beat them. Um, I mean, and they played well. They were they were a good team, but to see them come into like in, into the Premier League and then all all of a sudden just lose their first match, um, I really hope they they can pick it up and uh, back up their back up their, their their big talks. Yeah, and right now the standings don't mean a whole lot. Right now it's win percentages, and right now everyone's only played one match at this point. So week one ends tomorrow, uh, end of day tomorrow. Week two will kick off right on Monday. And so there's plenty to see here. I suggest tracking down any of these schools' uh, social media and finding out how you can watch their matches if they're being broadcast. So you can check these out because we're starting to see the creme de la creme of the collegiate scene. And every one of these teams, I guarantee you, watched those relegation matches. Every one of these teams absolutely watched how the last of Pro League uh, wrapped up. So these are teams who are hungry, just like those Challenger League teams. And some of these some of these teams are actually probably very much involved with those Challenger teams in the background, trying to figure out scrim partners, trying to figure out what they need to be doing, finding advice wherever they can find it. So. Um, knowing that some of these teams are really just that hardcore about it. I mean, your team was finding all the stream videos last year with 210 teams. And now for these top 32 to be like, okay, now we know who we're really up against for the next several weeks. They can figure out how they're going to dive deep into strategizing. Up to this point, it's been work on fundamentals, understand the game, understand how you work as a team. But now they know who their enemies are. They know how they can hunt down data on them and start practicing for those other people, those other teams, not just trying to get to know themselves and execute as a team. Yeah, make your VODs private. Good repeat conversation from last week. Uh, Make sure you are keeping your VODs private. Uh, Of course, unless you're eSports program. And then you're watching. Make your VODs private. All of you. Because there were multiple of you that streamed that last match. Make them private. All of the other teams that are listening to, make them private. Or don't. That's cool. I mean, they could be super honorable and just be like... yeah, It's like you'll be in, in chat right now. Just let them see. We have nothing to hide. We will beat you on your own ground. <laughs> like... <laughs> 
Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear that they're holding strats. I mean, tick mark for actually being a competitive team. Check, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could be super honorable and just be like, we have nothing to hide. We are just better than you and be that egotistical team that no one really likes in the first place. Or you can hide your strats and hide your pods. Uh, all right, Fabian. All right. I just... All right. So, I mean, out of these teams, like we're seeing all the teams here on, on the round one breakdown. And I mean, I called out wanting to see another game from Maryville just to see how they stack up this year. Clearly they're a lot better. I think, I think right now for a testament of strength, I just want to see Maryville versus San Jose. I need to get a better feel on these two teams. The Texas A&M Bravo versus CSULB, I think gives me a decent measurement because we have a B team and an A team and the B team lost i mean i don't know if it was like a 8-7 kind of thing or 7-5 kind of thing um or a 7-2-7-2 kind of thing just like how you all did to grand canyon but there is still some measurement that can be done there so i i think i want to get more of a feel on maryville and san jose yeah that'll be a good match i agree and to be i mean just to be completely out there with everyone who's going to listen to the podcast we don't know who round two is going to be up against we don't know any of the matchups at this point since week one is still going but um at some point i have to imagine that some of these matchups are going to happen so um i guess the, i guess the only other one that i i want to see is another university of houston texas a&m <laughs> i think everybody wants to see that uh including our i i i think tamu will win i, I don't think call on it, it now on it now there you go you want to call the the map break breakdown o2 two one i think it'll be o2 or i o2 in our favor i think we'll win we'll we will win two is it going to be seven two seven two kind of breakdown or is it going to be close i don't i couldn't i don't know i couldn't tell you the round breakdown but I, i'll tell you that okay i i mean i can absolutely get behind it i mean clearly a very talented roster and here you are given the in, inside info that thinking that the team's even stronger since last season. So, I mean, there's. I hate I hate to sound biased uh, on air, but I I just I just have I just have full confidence because I've seen. Yeah. Uh, were there any other teams that you're hoping to get a feel on or a matchup that you're hoping to see? Um. Honestly, I want to see. I, I want to see Long Beach play. Tam- I think Long Beach is wanting a. Uh, I think I think. Uh, That's right. Because, you guys have some storied history with them as well. Yeah, um, Long Beach beat us pretty pretty handedly. Like it wasn't even it wasn't even a chance against us. Uh, the first first the inaugural just wiped the floor with us. But then <laughs> the next season Sierra Six, we wiped the their one some their one some payback. So I'm I'm curious as to to how that match. I'm looking forward to it because I believe what so in season one I believe it was CSULB beat you and then they went on to be runners up and then last season you beat the team that they lost to who then had the history from the season prior so like it's funny between uh, you CSULB and um, who was the other first place team 
from from season one. Yeah. Um, it was who was it was a uh, UCF. It was Central Florida versus. Right? That's right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and then San Diego so won. Every each of those teams who have been in like that top four position. Tone list. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? Did I did I not mute myself? No, you didn't. Oh, sorry. That's one. <laughs> it's all that. good. Keep keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Um. What's your favorite? But there, there's operator? there's definitely a storied um, history between. Still not muted. <laughs> why is not? All right. There you go. There, there you go. go. Uh, there is a history between a lot of the top four teams from each of the seasons, and there's only already these decided relationships. And we're hearing about Texas A&M versus CSULB. We're ta- we're talking Houston as well as we get on to Central Florida or any of the other teams that are still around. Like there's still opportunity for. Um, Texas A&M to play San Diego in the playoffs when we get the top 32 from the uh, main division. And so there's going to be a lot more of this bad blood between teams, and we're looking at specific R6 and CR6-related rivalries, which is sweet to be a part of that history and just being able to remember some of that and be able to talk towards it. So we're going to start developing histories on these programs and see who 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 is really creating those dynasties and those stories and that a little bit of legacy or infamy even like for all we know texas a&m is just going to go down as that cocky team who's just like oh yeah we're going to call out everyone and no big deal it's just going to happen and be the ones to step up and actually be that good um but yeah sorry i was chatting with my chat here how dare um, you how dare you have people in your chat <laughs> sorry um but yeah um some i think i i totally had something to say and i totally blinked um who was it uh one team that i don't see in here that i am surprised i don't see in here is uccs in my unless i'm not seeing them yeah i didn't see them uh, um see if they're somewhere else in the standing i don't see colorado colorado springs and they were actually a good team so i don't i'm actually really surprised to see them not in the premier league they may not have had a team i mean if anyone i think if they do i think they, do they? they definitely okay. still do because uh we have Boulder. We don't have Colorado Springs, from what I've seen. Yeah, and also this the Colorado Boulder. I don't know if this black team is that. Is that their A team? Is that like their varsity team? I'm. That's I'm not my sure. assumption. That's my assumption. Yeah, UCCS okay. Gold. So UCCS has a couple. Yeah, they're seed number four in the open division or in the main. Was this main? Hey, do we know if teams like in the Premier League? Besides, like, A&M, are we the only I think you're the team only ones. in Premier League that that has both teams in the Premier League? Yeah, I think you're the only ones who do. It's got to say. Yeah, and which is why I was glad to have that measurement of being able to say, okay, how does CSULB stack up to your B team? We can start, start, we're, we can start getting power rankings between the schools 
um, just off of that one data point and start getting some more interesting stacking to see where everyone's where we can start projecting where teams are going to fall out to. But yeah, I, I'm not seeing any other. Yeah, Bronco Esports. And maybe that's Colorado Springs. Bronco Esports Green and Gold. They played Akron and UF. Yeah, I think that might be the Colorado Springs team. Or maybe they're just the, the Denver team. I don't know. I don't Because Denver's. Oh, yeah. Okay. So UC, CS, IC, and the main division. So, uh,. Coolville is saying that we should do uh we should do power ranking. I'm down. I would I would you guys you guys present your power rankings. We'll talk it through next time. How about that? Yeah, we can we can definitely do some power ranking. Great. Well we've certainly run long. We had a lot to talk about when we actually got into it and it felt really good to be able to talk like this. This was this is kind of the R6 and CR6 and just fan kind of nuts conversation i've been hoping to get into so this is exciting to be a part of and thank you for taking the time to come out and do this i know the schedule has been a little bit wonky and getting used to this and getting your stream set up to kind of support this and make it stronger so i appreciate your time and your effort that you've put into this and i mean even the connectivity seeing your guys in stream and in chat that's awesome to feel and see and be a part of the CR6 community. So thanks for doing all this and helping out. And well, I don't have much else to say other than tune in for your collegiate matches as they're broadcast and support CR6. Yeah. Um, if there are any other teams uh, besides my team watching, uh, if no one's casting your match uh, or like on air casting your match or your match and then send your VODs to watch them to talk about, we can talk about your team and how they performed on air um feel free to do so um my email you know, my email my twitter sorry i believe uh actually i don't think it is but you can always hit me up at warlockercall at gmail.com or the best place to get a hold of me is just dm me on twitter at warlockercall and that's a really easy mm -hmm. place I, I live in twitter when i'm commuting to and from work so there you go uh, also, if you just have a question or a comment or any sort of feedback for the show, by all means, leave a message and I'll bring you in as a member of the con uh, of the podcast. And so anchor.fm slash check your six slash message and record your message there. You can also do it on the app, the anchor.fm app, um, and then I can pull in your voicemail and we can talk about it on air and start involving more of the community. So. Let us know how we can help improve your CR6 and even Pro League experience. Anyways, that's yeah, all I got. I think that'd be pretty cool if any of the uh, any of the premier teams, um, probably preferably the team captains, want to come on air and tell us a little bit about your team and how you think you're going to do um, over the next few weeks. Um, let us know. We can, we can definitely bring you on as a guest so you can talk about your team. I think that'd be pretty fun. Absolutely. And one thing I did last season was get in contact with a team and see if they wanted to do kind of a short interview and then just stream some matches together, get to know the team and get to know, just have a good time and have a goof off stream. Uh, it could be a good way to blow off some steam, break after a, a rough day of practice scrims, but that's something that I think goes that next step of getting to know all these teams because there's this huge community and highlighting these teams who are taking it so seriously and 
as part of that community, I think would be extremely beneficial to helping out the CR6 scene. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks again for your time. Thanks to everyone in chat. I appreciate the follow and the conversation. It's been great, as I said. So until next week, probably, hopefully back to Thursday. Hopefully our schedules kind of align back up again. But uh, we will have to see how week two goes. And as we get ready for the Pro League finals next weekend, so soon. Yeah, absolutely. All right, take it easy.